Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on SpoilerVerse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at SpoilerCountry at gmail.com. Join the cult of the Spoilerverse, and welcome back to the Spoiler Country. I'm Ken Agree, and that's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, we're lucky enough to have Adrian Ray. She's the star of Vagrant Queen on Sci-Fi. Yeah, and Casey got to sit down and chat with her about acting and the show and a bunch of fun stuff. They had, a, According to Casey, they had a great time. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun to sit back and listen to. She's... Uh, the show just started this year or last year. Yeah, twenty nineteen, I think. Yeah, but they're in they're they're in the middle of season one, right? Yeah, yeah, before yeah. the whole COVID thing. Yeah. So this is gonna be a lot of fun. So why don't we just sit back and listen to Adrian in her own words? My name is Casey Allen, and today on the show. We are talking to the star of Sci-Fi's Vagrant Queen, Adrian Ray. Adrian, how are you doing today? I am amazing. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And okay, so we don't get many actresses on the show. In addition to that, we don't get many actresses who are the lead of their show on the show. <laughs> And so, oh my gosh, this is this is pretty amazing. So, first up, can I ask you? I just I just want to get a feel for you as a person. What are you reading right now? Are are you a reader? I am a reader right now. I'm really I'm reading Celestine prophecies. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Nicholas Redfern, I think, is his name. Uh, it's it's been a while since I've read it, but he's actually from I'm I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and he's from Alabama. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a it's an interesting book. I haven't read the sequels, but I really enjoyed that the the first book in that series. So how are you finding the book? Pardon? Are are you enjoying the book? Oh yeah, I really really love it. I read The Alchemist first, and then I had a friend tell me about this one. So I've been diving into it, and I love that it's like an adventure, and it's still oh, yeah. you know still teaching you so much. Like I really love this book so far. Yeah, and it really, I mean, it it goes into some some pretty interesting areas, and but I really enjoyed that it was like maybe you should just kind of take some time and connect to the earth and yeah. see what the earth is saying, exactly. <laughs> which uh, is kind of you know, given our current situation. Um, is a lot easier to do and you can kind of see the benefit of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how have you been taking this whole Corona thing? Well, me personally, when it comes to just not leaving the house that often, 
I already didn't leave the house that often. So <laughs> that, that part wasn't too hard. But as far as the like social anxiety and things like that, I try to stay in a positive space. And I try to, I don't watch the news. I know that's very abnormal, but I don't watch the news. I just get updates on, you know, what I need to do to keep myself safe, my community, and therefore the world. And, you know, that includes wearing masks if I have to leave the house and going out for only essential things and staying home, things like that. But I mean, other than that, I try not to be consumed with the media. I think that um, it can it can increase your level of like paranoia and hysteria. So I live my life in my house, happy in this positive place, knowing that we're going to get through it. We're going to make it. And we all just have to do our part in it. You know, everything will come to pass. That's how I'm handling okay. it with meditation that, that, and books and food. <laughs> <laughs> it's a healthy way to, to, to go through it To my, my wife is kind of a homebody and she's, it's not really bothering her right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we we have a five-year-old that just discovered that there are other kids in the world her age oh. and it was the saddest thing ever we were doing the uh teleconference class and uh she was talking to her little buddies and she said i just want to play with my friends <laughs> and the whole the whole class erupted into tears <laughs> and oh. i felt so bad for my little kid <laughs> But they'll be back next year. It'll be all good. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, no worries there. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then um, maybe, you know, over the summer, if, you know, it's, it's clear and, you know, things are semi back to normal and it's safe, maybe they could do a birthday party. Then they could see each other at the birthday parties and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and right now we're oh. we're doing so many, like, outdoors things. Like, we live out in the woods. So, we can go hiking and trails behind the house and stuff like that. And so she, she's getting some activity that way. It's just, she misses her little buddies, but so let's, let's talk about you. So you're from Delaware, which Mm -hmm. you're the first person I've ever met from Delaware. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, but you, you eventually, you went to school for, for uh, medicine, correct? Yeah, um, so I'm from Seaford, Delaware, and I went to school at University of the Sciences in Philadelphia. And I initially majored pre-med undeclared. Then I decided, okay, I'll do physician assistant studies. And then I double majored in medical laboratory science studies. And um, that was after taking hematology and parasitology. And the dean of the College of Medical Laboratory Sciences, she was like, I really feel like you should just do this. Come on, just you're really good at it. Just try it. You're good with the microscope. (laughs) And I was like, fine, okay, but I'm going to be a doctor. (laughs) And then I got my degree and I passed and I ended up moving to Atlanta, like maybe two or three days after I actually passed the internship test to be a scientist, a board that you have to take. And once I clicked submit and it said passed, I called my mom and I said, okay, I'm moving to Atlanta. And I moved and yeah, I moved to sing actually. And then when I got there, you know, dabbling in entertainment, I ended up finding my way to a set and falling in love with that. And I just knew that that was my passion. That was why I was so indecisive on, you know, PA and medical sciences. And um, yeah, I just followed suit with that. 
that that is i love hearing people's stories about how they got into the industry especially when it's like oh i took a, a ton of left turns on the way <laughs> and yes. so w- when you finally decide like oh i'm going to go into this this is what i'm going to do mm-hmm. and you said hey mom dad guess guess what i am going to <laughs> start working as an actress what, what was their reaction i'm i'm genuinely curious well start, my dad was like oh okay like he didn't believe me um he was just kind of like yeah because my dad hates talking on the phone so he was like uh-huh yeah and that's great all right well i'm gonna let you go i was like all right just want you to know i'm moving and um <laughs> then my mom she was like well you know at least you have your degree, you can always use those. So, because I, I asked in college actually, I had a record label try to sign me, but they wanted me to just, you know, be devoted to singing and not school. And she was like, no, you want to finish these degrees. So I actually, <laughs> then I said, all right, I got it. Can I go now? Can I go try and work on singing? So she was like, okay, so you did. And you always had this degree to fall back on if you uh, want to, but I also want you to go you know, for your dreams. And she was super supportive in that way. And also didn't know much about the entertainment industry at all. And I remember I told her when I went to visit LA, I visited LA one time before I moved. And before I visited, she says, you better not call me, tell me you're moving there. And then I was on the trip, I was here for five days and I called her and I said, so mom, <laughs> I'm uh... <laughs> I think I'm gonna move to LA. <laughs> and she cried. She cried on the spot. And then she said, Let me call you back. And then she called me back later. And she goes, I just knew it. But I understand and I want you to follow your dream. But it's so far because Delaware, the part that I'm, you know, from, we used to live at Rehoboth Beach. That's like the furthest east you can go in the United States. And L.A. is the furthest west you can go in the United States. So I literally moved like the complete opposite direction as far as like being close to my mother. So she was really sad about that. But she still supported me. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's, it's great that you had that family support. And I mean, from from Delaware to, to L.A., from, you know, it's a huge move, but it looks like you made short work of it. I mean, it's. You, you hit you hit the ground running, and you've already got a considerable amount of work under your belt already. So, what was the the first thing that you learned on set? Like, did anybody kind of take you under their wing when you first started acting and kind of show you the ropes? Yeah, Carl Payne, he plays Cole in the '90s sitcom Martin. He took me under his wing, and he, you know, really groomed me and started me with the foundation of like theater acting, Danislavski, Stella Adler. And then I also had mentors like Michael Keith of 112, who he groomed me. He was my mentor in singing, but also when it came to like interviewing and interacting and how you carry yourself in public, like all the etiquette things he was prepping me for. And I was like, I'm not a superstar. I don't have to do all this. And he's like, we're doing it now. So it's ingrained in you because you're going to be great. I'm like, okay, thank you. But at the time I was just like, why can't I just do this? But yeah, it's awesome that you had a mentor that, that 
kind of instilled in you the importance of that because people have their phones out all the time. Anything you say or do on it is on camera and on the internet. And especially if you're in the spotlight, it's so great that you had somebody go, Hey, let's, let's watch how we conduct ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. And it was really awesome, but I had them, you know, helping me out and, and showing me the ropes and, you know, training me. And I got on set and I remember the first thing, my first time on set, I had no idea what crafty was. And someone was like, do you want crafty? And I was like, no, I don't like cheese. (laughs) 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 They were like, no, are you hungry? Crafty's over here. It's where you get the food. I was like, oh, got it. But I thought they meant craft cheese. And I don't like craft cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been on a few really huge shows, Atlanta being one of them. How was that experience? Uh, First of all, can I just say I cannot wait for Atlanta to come back? Like, we've been waiting for a while, and I'm still anxious for it. Like, I want it to be here now. I'm ready. (laughs) Working on it, it was so much fun. Like, Donald and Lakeith and Brian, like, Everyone, Brian, Zazie, all of them are just really, really genuine people. And like, they're so real and so talented. And then I'm working with, you know, Danielle and I'm working with, you know, just amazing people. And it was such a great camaraderie that we had. And we like got stuff done and still had fun. And we were in Atlanta shooting Atlanta. It was clocking. We were shooting a Drake episode. <laughs> it was a big party. It was, we were at Tyler, Tyler Perry's old mansion. It was like, whew, this is great. And I actually shot that in Brockmire at the same time. So like, oh. yeah. So if you've seen the episode of Atlanta, the scene where I walk up and I'm like, hey, I'm Candace. I'm here to go to the party. When I'm talking to the van driver. Right before I got to work that day, I was on set of Brockmire and I was like dressed in this pregnant belly and things like that because my character ended up getting pregnant on Brockmire. So it was so So, much fun. Two completely opposite roles. Yes, exactly. But Atlanta was really fun, man. Really fun. And such a professional casting crew, full of talent. Everybody cared about their job. And, you know, it shows. It shows in, in. how everyone puts their own creativity in their aspect of the show. And then the show is just so amazingly dope. You know what yeah, I mean? And I mean, it, it's a show that is, was needed, I think. And mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have some, some genuine comedy in it, but they really, they get their nails dirty on that show with, with subject matter. And it's really well, very well done. Yeah, it's so closely done to real life. I think that's why it's like, no, we're not trying to be, we're not trying to be woke. We're literally showing you the reality of like life in different perspectives. I think that's why yes. it's so, it was so needed and so relatable and still could talk on those subjects and get their nails dirty, as you said. And, but it not be like, oh, I don't, this is too woke for me to watch. You know, some people feel that way, but I feel like that's why it was so able to be consumed by everyone so uh, on speaking of Brockmere, how was working with hank azaria oh man he's like legendary he's like so legendary and so he's i remember i was like a little nervous honestly when 
he came into the scene. I was like, oh, God. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And he was just like so <laughs> present and so there. <laughs> I was like, all right. Because I had been, we had been waiting because he was shooting another scene. We had been waiting and setting up. And then he's just like, once he got there, they were ready to roll. And he was like, all right, let's go. And then he's just ready to, ready to go. And I was like, oh, God. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready too. I'm ready. <laughs> But he was really nice, so he, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> that's awesome. So he, he's like the consummate professional, just coming in yeah, there. Yeah, but he's and just super. He's not. Away. He's not like. He's, yeah, but he's not like rich or anything. He's like very laid back, chill, and he's like, all right, this the scene. Yeah, let's do it. And then he gets in there and he does it, and and you know he's in between. He's like, how are you? You good? But yeah, I was good. like, you know what I mean. He can have normal conversation, so you know, real. <laughs> so, so he, are you the type of actress that can just kind of turn it on and turn it off when you need to? Because I've noticed while watching Vagrant Queen, um, you, you deal with some, you have a lot of emotional weight to your character. You're not just, you know, poor little rich girl in space. You're actually going through the emotions as you do your performance. And, is that hard for you to, to kind of, it fascinates me seeing people do that, being able to Aww. go through that range of emotions. Cause you know, like they're on set, they're doing a job and, you know, in 10 minutes from, from the time they film that scene, they might be eating some craft cheese. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, for me, I actually, I can turn it on and off depending on the level of emotion. So if I have to be angry, I can turn that off pretty easy. It's it's when I have to be extremely sad or there's a, like real internal things going on that I kind of will be isolated that day, a little quieter, a little more to myself, a lot of listening to music. Then after I shoot the scene, I'm like, all right. But it's always just up to, you know, shooting the scene afterwards. I can be like, all right, I'm good now. I just need to save all of that for that. <laughs> But I can turn it on and off depending on how severe the emotion is. Like if if the scene with my mother when she got shot in front of me, I wasn't really talking to anyone other than her. That was heavy. Before the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't talking to anyone before the scene other than her. And then afterwards, I, you know, because cast and crew, I mean, crew, we were all like buddies and friends and pals and we laughed all the time. So I had to tell them like, hey, sorry, not right now. But afterwards, let's joke around. <laughs> and then we were like, yeah, yeah. after I'm done, like, what was the joke? Yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> it. Was it ever just kind of uh, the sets on that show and, and the the makeup and and the hair and everything is so well done, and it, it seems like they really tried as hard as they could to to show you like, oh, this is not you know we're we're not in Kansas anymore. This is. Right. Someplace else. This is sometime else. Was it ever just kind of weird in the middle of the scene? You look around, and you're like, wow, that dude is completely purple and his head is massive. That is, uh, <laughs> did, what, did it ever take you out of the scene when you're trying to, when you're acting through, through these lines and everything and you just go like, oh, wow, this is, this is a lot. <laughs> Actually, it helped me be in the scene more because our, oh, cool. our prosthetics team in the makeup department and the costume department, everybody was just very brilliant and great when it comes to like their jobs. So we had a very practical set where we didn't have we didn't use like a lot of CGI 
on set, we would actually like have the actors there, even as, you know, even as actors, sometimes if my, my stuff was voiceover and they were like, we can have someone else read it. I would ask my castmate, like, Hey, do you want me to read it? Are you cool with the script you're reading it? And they're like, if you could read it, that would be great. It would just put me in the scene more. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we would like definitely be there for each other. And it helped that plus being in the world really helped you be present in the scene more for me. I, I could, yeah, that definitely seems, and it, it worked. You, you went, you went hard on it. And there's another actor on the show that I just, just couldn't stand him. The Lazaro guy, man, <laughs> that the actor, Paul Dutois. I yeah. don't know if I'm saying his name right, but yeah, he did a good job. Cause I did not like that guy. <laughs> oh man. Paul is like really, really great. And he, bodied the role of Lazaro bodied it and you know there's a quote that I believe Will Smith said like when an actor can make you cry or make you really really mad they're really doing their job so when I watch it and I'm just irritated by him even though I know he's a great guy and I adore him (laughs) I'm irritated by Lazaro and I'm like he's doing so great you have to say it through gritted teeth Oh, he's great. <laughs> well, an, another person that was doing their job on the show, there, there's a lady on that show that just did a lot of physical work. And her name was Adrienne Ray. You <laughs> you really put in some work on this. And it, I, I noticed that some of the action scenes, like they, they were in on your face as they filmed it. So obviously you didn't have like a, a double while you were, you know, punching the bad guys and stuff. What kind of what kind of training did you go through to to get ready for that stuff? Because that seems pretty intensive. Yeah, what I did was so I was going to the gym already. I had kind of started slashing off because I was filming light as a feather, and I didn't have to do that much uh, physical stuff. I just need to maintain looking good on camera. <laughs> so I was just going to the gym, and then I booked Baker Queen while still filming light as a feather. So then I started going like three, four times a week, doing heavy, you know, cardio and weightlifting. And I got a trainer. And when I got to South Africa, the stunts department. Uh, Thank God for them. They were just super patient with me and they took whatever, you know, I had a natural ability to do and what things they found to be that I was skillful at. And they just like were able to enhance it and and make it look clean and good. And they taught me, you know, stick fighting. They taught me kicks and punches and different moves. And they worked with me and worked with me. And we were able to get those fight scenes to a point where they were like, yeah, if, if Adrian's down for it, we can do it. She doesn't need a devil. So I, I give all the props to them because they were just so patient with me. And, you know, I'm really hard on myself. I'm a perfectionist. So I'm like, no, ugh, it didn't look right. But they they kept well, me it, patient. They were patient. It kind of uh, mirrors your, your character in the show because, I mean, she was hard on herself as well. And yeah. so... Um, it, the the parallels between you and your character in, in that regard are, are pretty amazing. Is there any other way that you and your character are similar? Yeah, I mean, um, she actually cares a lot about family and, and genuine bonds and friendship. They mean a lot to her. Even if they aren't, you know, abundant, the ones that she has, she really rocks with. And that's exactly how I am. Like, I don't have a bunch of friends, but the friends that I have, I love them to death. I'll do whatever I can for them. And it's not like I'm 
it's not like I have to speak to them every day for us to still be friends or, you know, I'm the friend where we could talk once a month, but when we talk, you're going to, it's not going to feel like we talk once a month. So I feel like that's Alita also how she is. Like you can tell by her interaction with Clive, like they didn't skip a beat, even though she hasn't seen him in a while. And even with Isaac, eventually, you know, she's like, okay, yeah, you did this, but you're still my friend. And you'll see in some upcoming episodes how regardless of the history, she doesn't she doesn't leave him behind. So yeah, I think we're liking that way for sure. That's that's awesome. So when before you started this project, were you a, a science fiction fan or is this a new thing for you? Oh, it's definitely a new thing for me. I was a fan of like the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, the mainstream things that most people know about. But I had never like picked up a comic book or anything before getting the audition for Vagrant Queen or anything like that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so this is a whole new space for me. But it's introduced me to some really cool people and some amazing content that I've never I never would have looked at before. And the, the thing about comics is people tend to see the instead of a medium, they see it as a genre in and of itself. And, and you know, I'm sure you're, you're kind of realizing that's not the case because the genre is all over the place in comics, but it's just a, in a medium in which to convey, you know, different ideas in different genres. Mm-hmm. So have you, do you have any other, any more desire to, to play in, in the sci-fi realm? Oh, yeah. I actually like really love this realm. I really do. Cause I, I have always been an actor who loves to act with my imagination. And I feel like this really allows my imagination to flourish. Uh, granted, Vagrant Queen was very practical when I had the aliens in front of me, but I would also be very comfortable with imagining an alien talking to me. If it was a tennis ball moving up and down, like I'm, I'm yeah. that's like fun to me. <laughs> So I would love to continue this because it also is a space where, you know, you're not bound by the rules of this earth or this society or things like that. So it's freeing and it's it's just something I would really love to dive into more for sure. That, that's awesome. Uh, so do you have anything coming up on the plate that you're working on or that well, you right can now, tell us you know, about? because everything is on a halt right now i will hold off myself on announcing anything but i am in the meantime working on you know giving back to the community in any way i can and i first want to do that through my scholarship fund that i'm trying to get off the ground it's called the heart and soul scholarship sponsored by love and light media pardon I said, that's, that's amazing. What, what is the basis for the scholarship and who, who oh, are you well, hoping to, to help with the scholarship? Well, I'm hoping to help because, you know, I have the science background and also have the acting background. So the point of the scholarship is to help kids in need, kids that were like me, that didn't come from homes that had a lot of money or extra money for a college tuition and to help that financial burden, you know, and the heart scholarship I say it's for the heart of our, our countries, and that is for our healthcare workers. So that scholarship is used, can be used for students who are interested in, you know, pre-med, PT, OT, PA, RN, all of those type of majors. And then we have the soul, 
which I believe is the arts and, you know, music and things like that. And that can be used for students who want to, you know, go into music or theater or directing and things like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So my wife is an educator and she teaches in a, a very, like a, a low income district. And there's so much talent and so much just desire for, that these kids have to, to get out there. And mm-hmm. it's awful that people are, are kind of stymied by, because college is expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're still doing? paying our student loans and it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's kicking our butts. So. Yeah. That's what they, so I, that's I, amazing I love the memes that say coronavirus has stopped everything, but these student loan payments. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that?"> exactly. <laughs> yeah. They, they're going to, they're going to get their money and oh my gosh. So do you have any any actors or actresses that that really inspire you? Yes, I do. So my top four, in no particular order, would be Viola Davis, Debbie Allen, oh. Benedict Cumberbatch, and Jim Carrey. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Viola Davis is amazing. Anything she's in, she's just front she and center. Have to talk she, she is yes. <laughs> She she is always such a powerful actress uh, or actor, and I've only seen one movie with them, Benedict Cumberbatch in it, and I feel what really movie? bad about that. <laughs> Which movie have you seen? Is it Doctor Strange? No, no, it was like the the. Well, I guess two. It would be like the the Avengers in game and movie, I guess. But I mm-hmm. haven't seen any of his other films, and I I want to watch his Sherlock. Because I've heard it's awesome. Oh gosh, it's amazing. I'm so sorry. I just fangirled out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. See, I I didn't know you were a nerd until you did that. And now I think you might be a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> I am a nerd. <laughs> it's okay. You're you're in a good space to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, he's so, great in that, and you should watch it. Yes. Oh, they, yeah. I really wish they had more seasons. Well, uh, yeah, and I'm sure it's he and I can't think of the other actor this this on that show with him, but they've both taken off since that show. And they're both in the Marvel <laughs> Universe now. Oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. So is is that your goal one day, be on a Marvel film? Who do you think you would want to play? That would be great. Um, I... I, I don't know who I'd want to play. I, I'm open to, you know, because there's so many characters that still don't have roles cast in the mainstream Marvel universe. So I would I would actually like to bring one of those to the forefront of Marvel. One of the ones that, you know, isn't present right now, but they're in the comics and they're awesome. And they're representing people of color and strong female leads. That's what I would. Yeah, love. There, there's kind of a lack of that right now, so that needs to happen. It's so, so flipping important when the Black Panther movie came out. Oh, it was my gr- wife's it's so great. It, it, my wife's kindergarten classroom. Every kid in that room was just nuts about it, and it's 
it's so important for kids that age to see somebody that they recognize to see themselves Mm -hmm. in that role. And it's, there's so much like just psychological stuff that people don't think about what in regards to like toys and stuff like that. Like, you know, not everybody looks like Barbie and not everybody needs to look like Barbie. Nobody needs to look like Barbie. She's physically impossible, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) representation it's important for kids to see themselves. Yeah. Representation is, is so important. Not just for kids to see themselves, but to also know that, you know, someone that looks like them is able to achieve the big dreams that they have in their head. And people might tell them that they can't do it. And it's like, no, 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 I look like you and I have big dreams, too. And I did it. So that means you can, too. And it also helps tell different stories. You know, the story of Black Panther and how that interaction is with the motherland and how they treated their homeland and things like that. That's a different story than, you know, the one of Thor. It's completely different because it's a different perspective and it, you know, it has a different representation. So it tells different stories that need to be told as well. When I saw that film, I got so excited because in, in, I love Afrofuturism. And I'm like, maybe, 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 maybe Hollywood will get the idea. Like, mm, they need to do more of this stuff. Almost curse there. <laughs> they need to do more of this stuff and put this out there because that stuff is so rad. Yeah. So when did you know that you had made it? Because you you came from, from Meager Means. You had eight siblings. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys, you know, that that's a lot of kids in a household. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have two, and right now they're stuck in the house, and they have eaten everything. I think one of them actually <laughs> ate a coaster the other day. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I'm not even lying. So, 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 what was the what was something that made you kind of go like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm actually doing this. I think it was the first time when. Honestly, you know, it was it was cool when people would send me videos of me on Atlanta or, you know, something like that. But when I really felt like, I think I'm doing this, is when I was at Chipotle and I was ordering, <laughs> I was ordering a, a bowl and the guy in the back at the chips, he kept staring at me and I was like, no chips, please. And he was like, okay, but are you the girl from that Let Is A Feather show? And I was like, oh, crap. He noticed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's when I was like, I think I'm doing it because it happened to me that day. And then I was like, okay, that was like a coincidence. He just loved letting the feather. And I went to the gym and I went to this, I went to this squatting machine and I thought it was free. And this guy was like, oh, oh, sorry. I was using this, but do you want to work in between? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm so, so sorry. And he was like, of course, I love Let Is A Feather. I would love to work out with you. And I was like, uh. <laughs> Anything for so, Miss Perry Boudreaux. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I'm really, people are really like seeing my stuff. That's, that's wild. H- have you had anybody actually call you by your character's name while you're out in public? No, they did that to my mom, though. They told, they ran up to her and was like, what? you're Perry's mom. <laughs> she was like, no, because she didn't, she didn't realize. So she was like, no, I'm not. I don't have a daughter named Perry. 
And then she later <laughs> someone told her, she was like, oh my gosh, I had my first celebrity sighting today. I was like, oh my gosh, mom, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so so how, how was your time on the Lives of Feather show? Because that you you were on that quite a bit. And I mean, it, it did very well. Yeah, I was in 15 episodes of Letters of Feather, which is a blessing because originally I think they said I was going to be in like nine. And then I guess they started writing more and they included me. And I'm so grateful for that. But it was such a great learning experience because I had that right before Vagrant Queen. It was my first series regular role. And it really set me up to know the workload that's needed as a series regular, which set me up to know to you know adjust to the workload of being the lead. Because uh, guest stars, you know, they're amazing and they're great, but you know, you work, you work for like a week or so, and you know, you're not in every scene, so you don't really know that workload until it's put on you and you're in almost every scene every day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So it's we're almost at an hour on on our recording. I don't want to take too much more of your time. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we before we uh, head on out? No, Casey, you've been amazing. And I really, really just want to thank you for interviewing me. This has been very nice. And for all the listeners, please stay uplifted and motivated and we will make it through this. Stay safe. You are awesome. I've, well, I've really you. enjoyed talking to you. And anytime you have another show, coming up or another project coming up do not hesitate to let us know and right now i feel like you're getting robbed of all of the con appearances that you would be making so hopefully all (sighs) that stuff comes back soon so you can be around sweaty fanboys and fangirls that want to talk to you about (laughs) vagrant queen (laughs) because let me tell you you're gonna you're gonna see some interesting stuff Man, I really can't wait. Also, before we go, The Imitation Game. Please watch that. Imitation Game. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, that's old Benny. Yeah, that's a gift from me to you. It's great. I will watch watch it. I'm going to put the kids (laughs) to bed later tonight. I'm going to pop it up. I think it's on Prime. I'm going to watch it just for you. All right. Thank you. Adrian, thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. Stay safe. All right. Same to you. Hey, yeah, please, please stay safe and wash your hands and all that other stuff. And I can't wait to see what you got coming up next. Thank you. All right. Be well. Bye. And we're back. We're back with a brand new outro for you. (laughs) (laughs) You can win a brand new outro. <laughs> oh man. Well, that was fun. That was fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Have you watched Vagrant Queen yet? No, I'm going to now though, because that sounded interesting and she sounds cool, so I want to check it out. I watched the uh, the first episode. It's pretty fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's a sci-fi show, so you just you know you know what you're getting into. But it's, yeah. I, I had fun with it. That's that's enough for me. I love well, you know how much I love independent movies, yeah. put it that way. And so I don't know. I, I, I like anything that somebody's really putting a lot of effort into. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of love. A lot of love. And then and that makes me want to check it out. And plus, I love sci-fi. So there you go. There you guys go. Well, I think that'll do it for us today. That will. And if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, then head on over to SpoilerVerse.com. There is a 
ton, a ton of episodes for you to peruse and enjoy. And right now, nothing's behind a paywall. Yeah, right now, for right now, there's no paywall. <laughs> for right now. <laughs> there might be one later, but right now, there's nothing. Yeah, right. There might be so- someday. We'll just put it someday. that way. Someday, there might be one, but... But right now, it's all free. Yeah, but right now, everything's free. 360 episodes of our show, over 100 episodes of Brisbane Geekdoms, 100 episodes of Haphazard, you know, dozens of episodes of all the other shows, you know, a lot of shows hit 100, hit, hit 100 soon. You know, it's, it's a lot of stuff to listen to. and. Yep. A lot of stuff to read, a lot of stuff to, to keep a, to keep your creative juices going if you if you ever so please. That's right. There's a lot of articles from Jay Roach. Yep. And there's paranormal articles by Sarah Kay. Yep. And it just the hits just keep coming, man. Coming that don't stop coming. That's right. I yeah, I actually <laughs> enjoy just going around the site and checking out what's there and and. and Johnny and I are co-founders of the Spoilerverse Network and Spoiler Country Podcast, and I still find things I didn't even know we had on the site. Yeah, we had a, we had a message from our buddy Dennis, Dennis Karen, over from Corfink, who was like, hey, dude, what's up with that that, uh, that article on your Mr. site? Mr. Smiley. Mr. Smiley, is that real? And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's on your site? I'm like, yeah, but we have people writing stuff, so we don't see everything. They go, I mean, yes, they go through an editorial process, but... You know, there's we have other people like Robert who go through and, and edit things. Yeah, we have release. other editors. We don't have just one. <laughs> so, which is my the whole point of that. What I just said was it's cool because we have so much content coming out that even we can't keep up with it. So there's so much there for everybody to find out. So, something you'll love. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, guys. In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu, and if Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. <laughs>